Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, the Star Trek podcast. Oh, ow! The Star Trek podcast. The only one. The one. This is episode 94. woo My name's Jake, and I'm joined by... Chris. Ames. And Caitlin. And an annoying mowing neighbor. And an annoying, annoying, annoying. Yeah, there are lawn mowers, so we are sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I am sorry. There yeah. may be a lawnmower from time to time. But grapes, we're on a tight schedule today. Grapes and so. grapes. Yes. We can't plan their plans. Yes, so. this is true. Although maybe before the next one we should sabotage their lawnmower and weed whacker. Well, they'll be done by then. This week on A Star to Steer Her By, we're going to be talking about two episodes of Star Trek. What? Yeah. The first one is Suddenly Human. In Suddenly Human, uh, the Enterprise rescues a a drift ship from an alien culture that is... He's just parked they right next to the window. They beam over now. and they find four young alien males. Talarians. Talarians and one human male. They beam them all back and they're like, why is there this human? So they're trying to talk to the human kid and he's like, and he starts going... To me it sounded more like a really bad wolf impression. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the kid, uh, the human kid turns Raised out... Raised by wolves. Well, it turns out that's uh, pretty, pretty much it. Uh, so, the long story short, he was a... Ah, oh, Jesus. Long story short, he was a little piece of shit. No. Uh, no, you're not wrong. His parents were killed in an attack by the uh, Talarians. And then, according to Talarian culture, if you slay an enemy, you get to keep their kid... Well, if, if they, but only if, if your kid was slain by enemies. First yeah, it's or like a, it's like a yeah a quid pro quo. Okay, no. eye for an eye. Yeah, there we go. I have a coupon for one kid. Yep. <laughs> so basically, the guy that was leading the attack on the human colony Endar? adopted Endar. yeah adopted the child of the two killed humans and raised them as his own and uh, gave him a new name even though he was already like seven years old and answering to his own name probably. probably. It was a dumb name. Yeah, he was Jeremiah Rosa, Rosa, whatever. So of course the Enterprise crew is like, well, shit, we got to bring this kid home. He's a human. He should be with his own kind. His grandma is my boss so you know we want to make sure this is right but then the Talarians show up and like no you're stealing my kid this is war this is war we'll fuck you up and then the Enterprise is like yeah we could totally kick their ass and then in the end it's like well let's just ask the kid and the kid's kind of like yeah no I want to stay with the only family I've ever known which is the Talarians so fuck off and but then they're like have you heard of ice cream and racquetball yeah, and he's like let me see and uh, pieing Wesley in the face so although he is tempted by all of the great things that he sees in the Enterprise he was turned off by the fact that women are allowed to be in positions of power and decided to go and live with his misogynist dad a choice that a lot of men would make if they had probably, a chance. Probably, probably. Okay, and then in the following episode, Remember Me! Is this week. Beverly Crusher is joined by her old friend, Dr. Dalen Quace, who, uh, it doesn't really matter, because as soon as he shows up, he vanishes! He's, he, he was there, and then he's not. And everyone's pissed off. Everyone's trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Where's Dad? Where's D- Dinner Quace? So they're looking for Dale and Quace. And while they're looking for Dale and Quace, other people start disappearing. Mostly doctors. And Mostly nurses, doctors. Which people, is fine people, with me. People that are close to, to Beverly start disappearing. I wish they all left. But then we find out that like a whole two thirds of the ship's complement has also disappeared. But here's the weird thing: only Beverly is aware of this. Everyone else is like, yeah. We've always only had 200 people. I Here's mean, the weird 100 thing. people on board. Troy is still here. Mm. Wasn't there a movie starring Julianne Moore that was like this, where her like kid got aliened away, but like no one believed her? I don't know. And then they did. The Big Lebowski. Called the Forbot- <laughs> Forgotten or something. Uh, maybe. No idea. Possibly. So anyway, as time goes on, the, the crew c- keeps disappearing, and only Beverly is aware that they were ever there. Everyone else is kind of like, no. Worf? What's a Worf? Until eventually it is just <laughs> Beverly and Picard, and Picard's like, 
And she's like, does it make any sense that, you know, we'd have this giant ship and only us and no crew? And he's like, we've never needed a crew before. And it's really but weird. But we do need all these chairs. We need all the chairs. So it makes total sense to Picard that there's only two of them, but Beverly is not having it. Eventually, Picard also disappears, so it's just her on the giant ship. And then she, and then the computer's like, "Hey, the universe is only is like a kilometer across." And she's like, "That's weird." And I remember it being <laughs> that bigger. Seems wrong. <laughs> I remember it being larger before. Jump to alternate universe where Wesley's experiment has gone horribly wrong and sent his mother Shocking. into a pocket universe created by a warp bubble, and they can't figure out how to get her back. Until, enter, the Traveler! Deus Ex The Traveler. traveler. Uh, you remember him from where no one has gone before. He's a weird dude that vanishes sometimes and can do crazy things and thought and matter and all this. It's like a spacey Tom Bombadil. Yeah. So he shows up and he's like, listen, Wesley, the magic is in you and I just need to get it out. Let, me, let me go inside oh. and find it for mm. you. Um... They do a little hanky panky in the engine room. Yikes! And they open up a vortex, and uh, Is that what they're calling it these days. <laughs> and she jumps out of the Wesley's ass, out of Wesley's asshole, <laughs> uh, and is rescued from the pocket universe. And now she's back in the regular universe where everybody exists again. Yay! So that's nice. So there you go. That's what happens. Yeah, not bad this week. Yeah. So while you were describing this, these episodes. I was thinking about Suddenly Human, and recently, so like you all know about incels. Oh, yeah. That's the guys that are like losers? Involuntary, mm-hmm. yes. So it's actually funny because I, I someone, someone once said, like posted online somewhere, that like just the idea of being involuntarily celibate is actually like an oxymoron because celibacy is usually a choice to abstain mm-hmm. and being... You know, involuntarily celibate. I didn't know that it it stood for something. Yeah, incel stands for involuntary, involuntarily celibate, meaning we keep putting in nice to get sex, but it doesn't work. We want to bang you, but you won't let us. Gross. So, isn't anybody? So does that mean that like anybody under the age of sixteen is an incel by definition? No, because they're not angry women hating fuckwads necessarily yet. Uh, Give them time. Of course, you know, other than the kids under sixteen that are always already having sex in which case they're awesome <laughs> i was under 16 when i first had sex oh it was look at me it was not it was not very good it was very no. upsetting it's not even very good after that yeah. well it depends. Depends. depends depends i'm saying like first times early uh... yeah no it was awful anyway i read this thing recently and a lot of people like argued that it might have been fake it was like fictionalized, whatever. But this guy basically posted like, I got arrested because I stalked a girl. Oh, and, I saw you posted this. Yeah, yeah I read and, that. And my dad said that like it was her fault for not liking my attention because she's obviously a dumb whore or something. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And so then in this episode, not to jump straight and, and, to the and end. he got banned from the Wendy's where she works. Yeah. Yeah, you did read this. So I don't know if it's real. It might have been doctored, but it does sort of remind me. I feel People like... People do do it, so that part is real. Well, right, and I always feel like the parents are always defending them, like, oh, they were picked on, it was society, it was this, it was that. Well, I kind of feel like this guy, this kid, attacking Picard and then having his dad, like, defend him and blame everybody else made me think of incels. Mm. That's all. Nothing else to see here. It just occurred to me as we were, as you were describing it. I feel like this was a... It was a good idea, this episode, but I had two problems. Just two? One... Johnny Kid Boy couldn't act to save his life. Truth. But could this be the Vulcan problem where he sort of wasn't really supposed to have a lot of emotions? No, because his dad had shitloads. Like, I think the species, they're a warrior culture. They have very strong emotions that they wear on their sleeves. But he's also like 14 years old and doesn't quite... Yeah. It it sounds like if, oh no, we're feeling threatened, therefore we do the screeching for a while. It's like, (sighs) how does that help you you at all? How is this part of your culture that... Well, it annoys people. I'm distressed, therefore me. People do tend to walk away when we start doing this, because they're just like, Jesus Christ! No, but I think this kid was just a bad actor. Yeah, well... Um, And two, there really wasn't a case on the human side. No, I mean, there kind of was. Like, basically their argument was like, hey, you stole this baby and you should have given him back a long time ago. I mean, that was the case. I think another part of the case, and this is something that I guess a lot of fans responded to very negatively, and they were really upset at this episode, is that 
there was some possible child abuse that may or may not have actually happened. They no, kind of they kind of and skirt they never clarified it. it either. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, it might have been child abuse," and he's like, oh, "Yeah, right. He was a kid. He broke his everything. What? Well, he walked into a door. He fell down some stairs. He no, fell down some stairs. He made me do it. There were there was a broken arm, some fractured ribs." And a concussion. Every kid in the world, I mean, except me, I never broke anything, but I feel like if your kid plays football or if your kid plays any sport at all, they're going to break something eventually. A concussion can easily be explained by football in high school, a broken arm. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and in this culture, broken broken ribs. In their culture, you know, again, they're clearly like pseudo Klingons. Yeah. I don't doubt that their fucking playtime is super dangerous by human standards. Yeah, of course. And, you know, maybe he's And just... he's still human, so yeah. he's not built for it necessarily, yeah. so seen, he's more susceptible to... You've seen modern playgrounds. They're all, like, padded and shit now. Yeah, no, I had was... My first playground was over a bed of rocks. Yeah. Same. But monkey if... bars. They put monkey bars over that shit. <laughs> Why don't you give them something safe to land on? Nah. Yeah. I mean, Fuck also, it. Like, if they're not strong know. enough, they don't deserve... But, it, well, yeah, it wasn't not like... Not to have rocks in their shoes. It wasn't like, you know, his, he's clearly had repeated breaks and this and that. It's like, you've identified three major injuries, yes. But, again, injuries that any Earth kid could sustain if they played fucking Parisi squares. Or, again... Football, football, yes, but in the future it's Parisi Square. So, so I just took the father at his word because there was no textural evidence otherwise. So, like, yeah, but we can't so trust them. We don't know if we can trust these people. Well, and I'll tell you what that made me think of. Yeah, this made me think very much of fathers trying to get custody during a divorce, and I'll tell you why. So, there's a lot of like he said, she said in divorces or uh, in custody cases in general. I knew someone. Back in the day, who and actually I know someone now. Actually, this is basically the same situation. This this fellow who was a family friend was accused by the wife, the ex-wife, of abusing, sexually abusing his children. Now he didn't, because there was no proof. She never called the police. There was nothing. And I honestly know him, and I just don't believe it. And I don't think anyone else believes it. And I think the kids have been like, no, like that literally never happened. But when they were little, who's gonna, you know, they weren't, you know, but. The point is, even if it was something less serious than that, a lot of scrutiny goes into a father's case for having custody of children. At least they used to in the 90s. My parents got divorced when I was seven, so that would have been like 92, 3, 92, 93. And my dad had to fight in court for like three years just to get joint custody. So like, for me, there were lots of shades of like, father's not getting custody, father's not being believed about... Again, like normal injuries that would occur if your kid was playing football in high school. So that's what this sort of felt like to me. Was like a, it was very much like a child custody case, mm-hmm. much like we would have on Earth during a divorce mm-hmm. situation. And again, like obviously, if it's something serious like sexual abuse, then yes, of course you have to look with more scrutiny. But like the idea of like, oh yeah, he can see his kid, but there has to be a chaperone. Like a lot of yeah. fathers have that with what is it called? Supervised visitation and all yeah. this kind of shit. So that's that was what it was feeling like a lot to me. Yeah. I, yeah, but yeah, it just struck me as like, there was no reason not to believe him. Again, especially considering the culture. Yeah. Like, it's a wonder he doesn't have more injuries, frankly. Now, here's a question, right? So you so you sound like you are in favor of giving the kid back to the Talarians, yeah? Yeah. Would the story have been different if the parents or one one or both of his birth parents had survived? Good question. Yes. For me, yes. I'd have to think about that. Because technically, half of his life was spent with his real parents, and the other half with these people. I think he spent more with the Talarians. I thought he was 14, and he... he spent... Apparently, he's... Uh, the, he's the 14. 10 years oh, ago. Oh, and they said the now. breaks were from seven years ago, which means... Holy shit, oh, which yeah. means he was doing these fucking ridiculous games at seven. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. He was definitely with them longer. Yeah, I don't but know. does that like, matter? Like, if, it, if it's his... I feel like if you, if your birth parents are alive and they, like, if you Actually lost... Actually want you back. Right, well, it's right. If you lost touch with them for reasons that were beyond their control, i.e., I don't necessarily think that someone who puts a kid up for adoption when they're born, because they don't want them, has any right to them when they're older, but... Yeah, this kid, like, in that case, it was a kidnapping. I mean, it, it is right, a kidnapping, right? Right, right, yeah. So... Yeah, he was assumed dead. Yeah. 
So Well, and that's and again, that's the case. The case isn't why did you raise and keep this child alive? It was like why did you not report this child? Yeah, it's it's a, I see my I think it's very black and white. I think it's this child was kidnapped. Yeah. And held, held whether or not he was treated well or, you know, assimilated into the culture. It doesn't change the fact that he was kidnapped and concealed from his you know, family, because he does have rightful family, family for, yeah. for 10 years. See, for me, what sort of complicates it is, like, is the assimilation? Well, it's a different type of socialization. He's not ready to be reintroduced into human culture because he doesn't know any aspects of human culture. Like, he wasn't old enough to have retained any of that. Yeah. He's been raised in this totally different... Like, and that's what complicates it, is that it's, like, different worlds, different species, you know? Well, that's like, right. For me, it's like, he has outright said... I don't want to go back. So it's like... Well, also, he's a... So even though he is at the, quote, age of decision, is yeah. that what they call it? Yeah. In, in their culture? Yeah, what is the age of decision in... Yeah, is it yeah, I'm sure I'm assuming it's still... Yeah, it's probably still 18 or somewhere about... Well, 16, 16, I think, is usually in... 16 or 17 is like the age of consent type of... That's when you get to bang. Yeah, but that's like because you have been proven to have the ability to make your own decisions. If, now, your usually, parents, if your parents got divorced and you were 16 and you said, I want to live with my mom, they'd probably be like, all right, you're going to live with your yeah, mom. Yeah, so the, once the kid is older, they have a little more say. But even so, like... Well, they were asking me what I, who I would have preferred again, when I was like seven. You're so also talking about somebody who has been under the constant influence of another culture. Can Like what I would not even... Consider what he says valid. I mean, we Stockholm we've, syndrome, like Stock, uh, what's her name? They, says. Yeah, they brought that but, up. But that's just it, though. Like, he was raised by that culture. Why should the rules of his birth culture apply? Because he was a prisoner. Was he? he was, I think I mean, he yeah, was. I think the fact that he was kidnapped doesn't mean like he wasn't raised in their culture like, necessarily. Like, he not, was like, forced into their culture. Like, let's say so. Well, yeah, but if everybody else was dead on planet and they took him in to keep him from dying, is that really kidnapping? Well, there's also or is that a mercy? Hey, Federation, we blew we found up. Your we, kid. we blew up your. We killed all also, your adults. By Here's the way, a kid. that's just it, though. You don't call up in a state of war to be like. BTW, you want this kid back? Yeah, I don't. Uh, but I would think that in a war, if you took captives uh, among them children after the war, regardless oh, of who right. won, he's not just would... a captive. He's like a POW. Yeah, at this he's point. a POW. Yeah, That's you would re- you would return the prisoners. But it's different when you're dealing with adult people who you captured in the line of duty versus like Are these people still a three-year-old or something. No, no they've been at Not peace the for ages. Anyway. Yeah, they had been at peace. And that's something that Picard actually says, like, is it really worth having another I mean, wall? Because It of also sounds like they probably, my guess is that they got the jump on that colony. Like, it sounds like the colony was in their territory. Yeah, they thought they were trespassing. Is, and then they surprise attacked it. And that's why they were able to win. Mm-hmm. But it, considering like they had... What sounded like basically laughable armaments. Yeah, you could take them. Yeah, um, that that was a was weird. Like, choice. like how would how would how was there ever a war where you stood toe to toe with the Federation? You rinky dink fucks. Well, they would do tricks like guerrilla tactics, like mm. sending out a fake distress call and then blowing up the ship. I think they probably mm. just nuked it from orbit. Mm. Probably because when you think of it, no, no, but that was specifically they mentioned at the beginning. That is a trick they were known for, which is why they were sort of reticent at first to send an away team. Because Data was like, you know, they used to pull this shit all the time, guys. I don't know. I think there is there's some nuance to this, you know, especially where it doesn't sound like he was mistreated. But I, I just feel like in I feel like it's it's a case of what is essentially a prisoner of war not being returned. And I could see the Federation like I'm very surprised. Like I feel like Picard's really gonna get it from Grandma Rosa. That's true. Like, Grand Admiral Rosa. Gonna get quite a tongue lashing, eh? Yeah, I would I would suspect. Because she's just been told, hey, a member of your family, which you thought was all were dead, is actually alive. And he's coming home. Great. And then it's all, well, by, uh, no, he wants to stay with, we his, decided with, his, to leave him there. with his captors. It makes me think of, like, kind of the end of every, like, heartwarming court drama where... 
at the end, the lawyer gives a speech about, you know, they love each other and they belong together and it, it works out and everybody's happy. But in reality, every courtroom drama like that should be more like Big Daddy, where even though you've had this heartwarming story and they care about each other, who is actually the parent rules over it and it doesn't matter? Mm. Like, have you seen Big Daddy? Years and years ago. So basically, Adam Sandler winds up with Jon Stewart's kid on his doorstep and starts taking care of him, unbeknownst to Jon Stewart, and then eventually he's found out to have like taken this kid in and they're like nope sorry you have to give him back and he's like but we've had this great life and the court's like lol we don't care they still have to be with his own father so also you're adam sandler you're a danger to yourself mm. and the community no they're great together they learned things from each other that kid well, and that guy so that's the other thing too right so even if the kid wasn't being abused per se in this i mean it doesn't change the fact that the values that they're that they're imp- giving him in this culture are antithetical to federation values they are but that might be all the more reason not like could he psychologically could he survive the transition i mean they give him ice cream every day picard almost didn't what's i mean like just just survive the transition the thought of going back caused him to snap so badly he shanked the guy who was his only, like, good role model and yeah, friend on the show? He was trying for, like, a death by cop. But, I mean, there's a, Tiny, yeah, yeah. there's a similar thing with, like, feral children as well, right? We're, oh, like, feral children are fun. Like, I got a lot of Charlie X vibes from this guy. I was yeah. going to bring that up. Especially like, when they X played racquetball. The, yeah, Charlie X without the creepy powers. Yeah, yeah. instead he just has creepy everything else. That racquetball game looked fun as fuck, by the way. Yeah, I just want to know why it was a racket ball that like triggered his memories. Finally, that was weird. Probably the sound of the ball bouncing. Well, well, that's what I thought. But then again, he's from a warrior culture. Like, shouldn't every battle cause him to flip out? Didn't he have some memories before playing racket ball? He was starting to have a few things surface, but that seemed to finally like break the dam. Well, maybe he was just remembering what it felt like to be a human child playing, and he associated that with his family. He was having fun. Yeah. Either way, this kid's gonna be fucked up forever. Oh yeah. No matter what. The but I think the was. for him the better choice was to send him back to what yeah. he thought of as his family. Yeah, and that is what that is something they would take into consideration. Like they I would they would take into consideration what is best psychologically for the child and possibly. But no, again, I, mean, maybe, I don't think it was I also don't think it should have been Picard's decision to make. No, probably not. Uh, That's true. That's why we need the ship and inspe- ship ambassador, which we've yeah, discussed or the several ship, times the now. ship's lawyer. Really, like this would have been a great. Why they had yeah. a good counselor on board? <laughs> I was I was joking with uh, Caitlin when we were watching this. Like when he calls Troy in later after he's been trying to be a father figure to her for a bit, he's like, "All right, new plan. You wear a fake mustache. He'll think you're a man. You handle this. I'm in over my head." I would have put him in the holodeck with Moriarty. There you go. <laughs> That's a great father this. figure. Actually, I mean, I'm surprised. I think this, like, if we didn't already have the bonding, this would have been a good wharf, a good scenario. wharf scenario because they, they would have more in common. Yeah, they really should have. They're them both sit down. orphans that were raised yeah. by another culture. Yeah, they're both warrior orphans races. of war. Even yeah. they were both killed and they're both into men. fighting. Yeah, the warrior culture. Really, they, their step parents seem to like them. They probably could, both like really gross food. Mm. You, you totally could have had like you know him with Worf doing Worf stuff, him with Data doing like here is everything I've learned about humanity. Let's learn about humanity together, Wesley. Is this really is what it's like to be a normal teenager. Is oh, that God. all? Is that all Data is? He's just like a really advanced speak and spell now. Kind of. Was it Elizabeth Smart? Is Elizabeth Smart? Was that the the girl, abductee? The abductee that was like. Stockholm Syndrome. I don't remember. I mean, she was definitely a, an infamous abductee case, but I don't remember much of the I aftermath. I looked at because, yeah, that kind of, I, was, I was thinking of that a little bit. But this is so different. It is. She was, like, locked in a small room and abused. Like, he was yeah. a lot... He, he was, was forced to share a room with his dad. But it sounds like that's probably just normal in I mean, culture. he was sent away on a spaceship at age 14. Well, that's normal well, for that culture. basic training. Spartans used to be sent into their... Basic training and, you know, taken from their families and... I mean, how... Not that I'm saying the Spartans were doing it right. No, I mean, because they would, you know, oh, this baby's not quite perfect. Throw it off a cliff to die. Uh, just to clarify, are you talking about that fucking hunchback monster thing from the 300? Because he wasn't just a little weird. No, I spent in general. Like, in re- didn't they? Did they? I thought they did that in reality. No, yeah, they exposed babies. Of yeah, course they did. If they were like imperfect or oh, yeah. something, so sure, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. all babies? Oh my god! <laughs> I know it's amazing they had a culture. Yeah, but yeah, I uh, 
like, it is very much, like, I guess, more complicated than I originally felt, but I still fall on the side of he had to go back with the, the And this is particularly, particularly a nightmare for Picard, who doesn't want to handle children on his on his ship anyway. Yeah, that was... Getting to watch Patrick Stewart it got make a little, oh it got god a, faces. It got a little too, like, jokey for me. Eventually, yeah. Like, Great, yeah, we, we're aware Picard doesn't like kids. You don't have to, like... Make well, a joke out yeah, of every single the time whole you episode. Have to talk with the kid. We had like two or three seasons where <laughs> Picard's entire character was defined by his dislike for children. Like I mean, he was one of the done first this. things we learn about him, and yet he's well, actually, I was, yeah, he feels the need to explain that to Troy. But this is Troy we're talking about. Actually, Maybe they did this because after him interacting so nicely with, with his Renee. nephew, people were worried oh, yeah. that mm. you know, oh, he's turned over a new leaf. No, nope. he still hates babies. No, nope. Renee was blood. He was willing to put up with it. No, my thought of Troy pretending that she never realized Picard didn't like kids was the best acting I've seen out of her yet. <laughs> I wanted them to, as the thing I'd said was like, you know, when it's becoming clear what the plan is going to be, and they're in the conference room, like, we're gonna have Picard try to, like, be a father figure. I said they should have cut back to where Picard had been. Instead of him sitting there looking horrified, the chair was just spinning. And there was a Picard-shaped hole in the door. That's exactly, exactly what he said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cut to the ready room. You know, like, he's packing. He's trying to shove Livingston's tank into his suitcase. <laughs> no, his little double bag from last week. Get in there, you bastard! And he just dumps Livingston in. <laughs> oh, no! Dyingston. <laughs> Poor Livingston. Dying. Is, he, is, is, is Livingston around yet, or is it just a terrarium at the moment? We've seen lots of that fish. We have? Okay. Yeah. So I think there's a fish. I feel like I've noted a fish. I'm not calling it Livingston, though. I don't <laughs> like this. Because I don't think it's stated. Unless it is actually stated on screen, I don't like doing it. Because I don't like it. What, what, what would you name the fish? I would just name it the fish. fish. I would call it the fish. I'd call it Picard's Klaus. fish. Picard's fish. Because if you keep saying Livingston, I'm have no idea who you're talking. I'm thinking like, who's Livingston? Well, every time I say Livingston, I think of Winston from Overwatch, and I'm like, why would? I'll why admit, would I don't know if that's fanon or what. I read it online fan. somewhere, and it kind of yeah, stuck. That's a gross term. That is a, that is a pretty bad term. Fan fanon. Anyone that says fanon is involuntarily celibate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Anything else about this? Oh, probably. I don't know. I think this was really. I, I mean, it's it's curious I because foreplay. It is like a yes. It is an it is an oft overlooked episode, I think, because I mean it's just in the shadow of a lot of really good episodes that happened. Mm. It wasn't a bad episode at all. But I like I, 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 I actually I, 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 I children. I, I have a hate lot of respect for this episode in just in terms of the moral dilemma that it presents. Yeah, it's a good. I mean, we've gotten a lot of really good chat out of yeah, it. Yeah, like, like there's no can, there's no answer, which is very like, difficult. I think you can legitimately take either side of this and yeah. and like there's no real right answer here. Well, the I real also, right answer is blast him into space. I yeah. enjoy the emotional the emotional father role too quite a bit here because mm-hmm. again I feel like and again maybe just because my own family and divorce and stuff, but I do sort of feel like one of the reasons why they act like the mother is the obvious choice or they used to is because they think of like mothers as being more nurturing but like this man literally is they're like you're gonna go to war for this fucking kid and he's like yeah he's my son wouldn't you do the same thing and it's like yeah like that's as much as it's like not a very like it's a weird place that we find ourselves in like that to me is a very positive father this guy obviously fucking loves this kid you don't bring two cultures to war against each other Mm-hmm. Lightly, one thinks. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, I liked it. Yeah. I liked Troy it. Troy tried to give parenting advice off of the two days that she had a kid. Hey, those <laughs> oh, were God. some of the best hours of her life, Ames. <laughs> Someone actually cared what she did. And okay. 20 of them were spent sleeping, at least. So, per Memory Alpha, mm-hmm. it is an unofficial name given. What, Fanon? Uh, no, actually, Living it was still. given to the fish by the production crew. Oh. And he was named for producer David Livingston. Is he a live so living so actual so, fish? Apparently. So that's the actor's name. I guess so. Livingston this as is, himself. Is, like, like how the, the dog in three, I think, was named Fifi Rebozo. It's just what they called it. It just wasn't the, the, the Klingon oh, dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog. Star Trek three. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so I don't know, but I, I don't know. I've taken to calling him Livingston. Well, I'm willing to call him by his actor's name. We do that sometimes. <laughs> Livingston. What's his last name? Fish? Yes. Livingston Fish? I'm going to call by his last T-fish. name. Livingston I was going to say Livingston J. Fish, but oh. yes. I made a, another note. No one ever gets their fucking ice cream. And Seriously? I don't know. Wesley cream. got his ice cream. Because <laughs> 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 Wesley ordered two 
more banana split, so yeah. I don't think they but showed. They both also ended up all over his face. Mm. What you said? What did I say? I'll have a fresh banana split and one for my friend here. I don't remember what I said. Oh, it was perfect. Without missing a beat, you were like, oh, he's been waiting his whole life to say that. Yeah. Oh, because he has a friend. Friend, yeah. For my friend. Imagine here. the very next line never... that was that wasn't shown was Jono saying, "You're not my friend." Yeah. <laughs> and then friend. T- and then picking up the banana split and actually pieing him in the face this time on purpose. That was fun too because oh, Data didn't understand it was funny and he starts like doing his like, like oh it's like the old pie in the face joke you know whatever yeah uh, yes I believe you I it's very amusing or whatever <laughs> he says I was just like oh Data you don't understand humor it's great he's okay. he's so cute. But, uh, he also was thinking really hard about his move in 3D chess. He was. And I was like, this doesn't seem like Data. Data seems like he would know the right move. But well, also he was playing himself. himself. Oh, I didn't realize he was playing himself. Oh, God, that was the other thing that I said. That was a presumption. That was the other thing. I said, like, oh, this is robot masturbation. He's mm. playing with himself. Oh, no, you didn't say that. Oh, I didn't? You I must have it. thought that. No, what, what you said was, look at, look at this fucking nerd playing chess against himself. Oh, well, or, either or way. Or it's good lore <laughs> playing against evil lore. Right. Oh, right, your theory. Your, your theory mm. that he's one in the same You're fanning. Mm, my fan Because of his double emotions. Be ashamed of yourself. I am ashamed. Your he's fanning. also secretly Plant McCoy. And Livingston. <laughs> and also Beauregard, the plant. Yes. <gasps> I miss Beauregard. We yeah, all do. Too. But we got Livingston J. Fish, T. Fish. Livingston J. T. Fish. There you go. Livingston Jonathan Taylor oh, Thomas The fish. fish. I know I was thinking J.T. J. T. Thomas. Yeah. Really? You, you already mowed your lawn over here. Why are you back? Why? Listen, he has to make sure. We've, we've returned. We've returned it for some reason. All right, so speaking of returning, can oh, we... Oh, no, no, I have I have one more thing. Oh, Christ's sakes, I'm so, just kidding, guys. So, Jono tries to stab Picard in the heart. Oh, yeah. Luckily, Picard doesn't have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see, did he, did he use the Klingon ceremonial danger? I assumed That's he did, but assumption. I didn't get a good look at it. Which, I, which is another piece of continuity, because that was the dagger that the Klingons gave to him when he was Worf's Chadich. Oh, nice. I think. I presume. I really liked the uh, foreshadowing of it too. That was like Chekhov's yeah. Klingon. I also, I gotta knife. admit, I know, like you said, Ames, it didn't eventually get a bit much, but when he was like putting it back where it was supposed to be and he picks up the sextant, he's like, oh, my things. Don't touch my shit. Also, I feel like the bust of, I presume, Shakespeare he has on his uh, bookshelf in the background. I don't know if it was the same prop, but it looked a lot like the bust from the 60s Batman series that they would tilt back to push the button to, to get to the bat poles. Yeah. Well, that's how Picard gets to his bat cave, which is just one deck below. Yeah. <laughs> he actually t- doesn't even need the pole, but I mean, he clings to it and slides down really slowly. Like, going, we, had, we... like we had a couple weeks ago, Jake, you've got a fucking uh, shuttle bay where the only way to get to the second floor is to leave and take the elevator yes. in the hall, so it wouldn't surprise me. Mm. Now are we ready to transition smoothly into Remember Me? So smoothly. I didn't like this episode. <gasps> really? I, I know like Jake this loves this I like episode. this one. I don't know. I just like... You're not a Gates McFadden fan? And this was almost no, entirely Gates McFadden? I guess that's it. I don't really know. I just was kind of like... Uh... At first, it felt like gaslighting the episode. Which, like, <laughs> really annoyed me. Like, I was like, why the fuck aren't they listening to her? I mean, fair, they did listen to her. Yeah, yeah gaslighting, they'd, they'd have to do on purpose. Yeah, like, like gas, gaslighting would just... They wouldn't even have taken her seriously. See, no, the, 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 yeah, the warp bubble like, was gaslighting lady. her. Yes. Yeah. Well, she well in in effect, since she created the the universe with her thoughts, she was gaslighting herself. Well, that's internalized misogyny, if I ever heard of it. It is. There's Bev. a little man inside uh, inside Beverly Crusher. I have a note on that. Her. I have a note on that. Bev did all her own stunts on this episode. Oh, okay, wow. defended and learned. I think within the next week that she's she was pregnant. Oh. Oh, there was a little man inside of her. Or was it a little or, woman? I didn't check. Oh. So I the child survived. Did, but hey, kudos for doing all her own yeah. stunts. They yeah. were a lot of them were pretty cool. The chair thing where they mounted a chair to a wall and had her hang off of it. Oh, is that what that was? And then spun it sideways. Wow. Everything well, assuming looked, like, she, she had, had a good wire on her something. Well, she's Still, also I would like she's a very talented dancer. Yeah. Like, she's a choreographer. Yeah, that's where she started. She, dancer. Interestingly, like her real first name is Cheryl. Yeah. And she goes by Cheryl McFadden when she does choreography work. So if you look at like the Dark Crystal, she's credited as 
Cheryl McFadden. Is this true? Yeah. Yeah. I never know. She did uh, Labyrinth too, right? Or maybe I'm swapping those because I always mix those Labyrinth two. Labyrinth has I mix a, those two movies up all the time. Labyrinth definitely has the who do you do? There's some dancing. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, might, it think, must have been Labyrinth. Yeah, she I don't remember much on. dancing in Dark Crystal. Yeah, yeah they may have had movement coaches. Because I think I think I've seen pictures of her with David Bowie. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. I always swap those movies. She does. You think he dipped into that company ink? If she's lucky, he did. But her acting name is Yes. Although I think early on she used Cheryl for everything, because I want to say she was credited as Cheryl McFadden for her very brief role in the Muppet movie. Mm. She's the secretary to the, like, studio bigwig that gives the Muppets their contract at the end. Hmm. And she might be credited as Cheryl there. But Hmm. that's really early on in her career, so... That's a pretty good break, being in the Muppets movie is an early thing, because you feel like the Muppets were big enough to get a movie. That's not no small thing, right? Yeah. Actually, I think we're going to get to see some of her dance moves later this season. Do we see any Muppets? No. Speaking of, can I make a, can I make a little tangent? Thank you. Little, so, little tangent. I'll have to make it as small as I can. So, do you guys remember the show Step by Step? Day by day. Day by day. So I know that it existed. Is that the one where the fucking little asshole kid drops his ice cream and then steals the ice cream of the kid next to him and puts it on the top of his cone? I don't know, like in the in the fucking opening and video. Is. And that fucking doofus Cody? Yes! It is the one with the doofus Cody, and I'm glad you bring up Cody. So, Cody, whose name is Misha something, real life. So before he did that, before he was in that show... He was a black belt in like Taekwondo or some shit. Okay. Speaking of like, this is this is me tangenting off of someone using their previous skills in a in a new a new venture. So I started watching this recently because all seven all seven seasons are on Hulu, and I remembered having a crush on Cody. And I think the reason why that was is because he was sort of like a human version of Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtle. Yeah. And that was very much my jam. So perfect. Plus, he is cute. At any rate. He also took over the role of the kickboxer for Jean-Claude Van Damme in mm. Kickboxer 4. So he kicked, So he's got all this martial arts shit. And I had read this, like, on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I was watching Step by Step, and there's an episode where Dana, who he has a crush on, goes to a seedy bar to see a folk singer that she likes, Arlo Prime. And, of course, like, guys start hassling her because she's a pretty young lady in a bar she shouldn't be in. And someone, one of the guys gets rough with her and Cody shows up and like this guy's motorcycle gang like knows like Kung Fu and Cody's like, huh, that's really cool. I could do that. And he starts using his Kung Fu moves. Mm. So as soon as it became apparent to me that he was going to the bar to help Dana, I was like, we're going to see some black belt action. I'm so excited. And then we did and it was fucking awesome. So I'm excited to see Gates McFadden using her dancing in Uh Star Trek. Oh, I see. And then they ended up in a warp bubble together. Sorry, sorry, this is important. This is important. I was wrong. She was a secretary in The Muppets Take Manhattan. Not the Muppet movie. Much less impressive. Also, her child did survive her stunts. <laughs> and Brent Spiner is the godfather. Oh, nice. isn't that nice? Yes, it is. I had a, I have another theory that Bev being in a in a bubble universe is what allows a Pulaski to exist. Ooh. Because if Bev isn't around, they need a Pulaski, so... They, really, this was out of order with season two. <laughs> mm. I miss Pulaski. I really liked Pulaski. I, 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 Pulaski really grew on me. Me too. I did, I did enjoy seeing an actual episode where Bev is a goddamn character. Yeah. Which and is, a which useful was something. one besides, yeah. I did hate, like, I, ha- I hate an episode where you only understand what's going on because the character talks to themselves. Mm. That gets old She does really do a little fast. talking to herself, for sure. It's like when Jordy's talking to the holodeck, oh man, show me, I wish, I wish... Brahms were here so so that I could finger bang her a little, but, yeah. oh, but oh, also discover here? what's wrong with the Enterprise. So there was, so yeah, they, they at least had the excuse of her thinking out loud to the computer. Mm-hmm. There was years ago uh, a Tom Baker Doctor Who. Oh my god! Where he didn't have a companion for a, for a serial because mm. the old show was serialized. So you'd have like four to six episode long stories usually, or eight to twelve. Sometimes, yeah, but usually by that point, for anyway. Well, war the war uh, games. Uh, and, anyway, get to the point. So what's funny though is we had our we had our tangent already. He spends so much of the episode just literally talking to himself, and they were like, "Right, this isn't gonna work." Doctor, kind of crazy. Well, I was gonna say Tom Baker's doctor. I sort of feel like 
only talks to, only appears to be talking to the companions because they're there. He's probably always basically talking to yeah, himself. But still, it was, they were like, yeah, this isn't going to work. So yeah, Leave I mean, off. at least Bev had a computer to work off of. And that one time I wasn't talking to you, which I liked. Hmm. I did Not that she said that angrily, but. I know, I, the thing I like about this episode is just how it's, how it how it gets progressively more ridiculous, the things that. Oh yeah. And like everybody is totally willing to accept that reality yeah and of course we're only two of us on this ship. yeah like i love that yeah that, that, that makes great. sense we have we have stuff like like stuff in in uh in storage for or, or stuff in supplies that could maintain a thousand people but that's just for us yeah. i enjoyed the way she described the people who were missing mm. you know tall guy doesn't talk a lot whatever smile much smile doesn't smile much yeah that's it i liked that i liked her boiling them down into these like really wants to be a real boy <laughs> but doesn't know? understand jokes yeah doesn't, yeah, doesn't get punchlines. But then, you know, but then you saw her when she had to describe these, like, nurses that we've presumably never seen. And she's like, you know, they're nurses. My staff, My I staff guess. My staff for three years? No. I don't know any of their first names. Salar only has one name. Well, aside from her. But anyway, I thought that was fun. Because I, I kind of wonder, like, I feel like when you're in a thing, it's hard to be subjective about, like, what are these characters? So it, I wonder, like... How many drafts they had to go through to decide, like, what were these defining characteristics that she would mention? You know, Troy's was that she liked chocolate. Yep. Did she actually talk about Troy? Yes, I missed. She did. I missed. She that. mentioned Troy. I must have zoned out. Bade 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 on the bridge likes chocolate. Bade Bade on the bridge. Did she say have booze? Really? Of course she said had. Oh, she doesn't say. Got big, take old biddies. Yeah, Hello. Yeah. You, you know, Wesley, terrible at video games and got me trapped in a bubble dimension. That guy, you know, he's one of, he's, he's the heart and soul of the, whatever she said about the bridge crew that Wesley was involved in, part of the heart and soul of this crew for the last three years. Picard, no, no, but at that point she was talking about everybody, everybody. I know, but. Picard, you may vanish soon, so we should use this time to have a heart to heart about Wesley being, oh, you're oh. gone. Never, yeah. it's never going to happen, is it? They're never going to confront their feelings. And also Wesley's. Past. Is Wesley actually his kid? Do we ever find no, out? It's no, just, it's the Jack Crusher. It's more Fanon? Yeah, it's a fan. Okay, a okay. Fan. I was going to say. Yeah, that's, and it's also kind of a tinfoil hat Fanon. I think Not they, really. She keeps trying to confess something to him. Well, that she <laughs> loves him or whatever. Or, or, really or that, whatever. That I mean, he was there to comfort her when... After he had after her... After he murdered after, after he had her husband killed. He comforted all over her face. I think it would have been funny. If, like, when everyone else was gone, she ran into his ready room and realized the fish was still there. Mm. And so just, like, took the whole aquarium and carried it with, like, it's you and me against the world, fish! They find her later. It's like when they find Tom Hanks on the island with his fucking volleyball. (laughs) Wilson! Sorry. I'm so sad when he loses Wilson. It's such a bummer. I always like when... I've never seen it. Oh, that's a hard part, that part, when 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 he loses his ball. (laughs) It's sad. About Star Trek. Uh, I also like when... um, Has Tom Hanks ever been on Star Trek? Not that I He was supposed so. to be in First Contact. They wanted him to be Zephyr Cochran. That would have been wrong. We gotta fix that, that shit. He's gotta be in it. He's gotta be in Star Trek. Um, Go on, Jake. There's still time. I liked um, how, as the universe is beginning to collapse, and mm-hmm. it's and the the universe is now smaller than the ship. That's yeah. cute. And the and the and it's like, why is there why is the part of the ship missing? And the computer's like, a design flaw in the yeah. ship. Some <laughs> some the, idiot engineer the made ship, the ship bigger than like, the universe. Well, exactly. <laughs> it was like probably Jordy. Yeah, no, this. no, but the universe has only ever contained Beverly. <laughs> like, this is one of those episodes where I'm like, okay, this is a really fun sci-fi concept. Mm. Uh, that, you know, I don't think there's much more you could do with this concept, so I'm glad that they did it. And uh, I, I, don't know, I like this one. I also like that we get we get more about the Traveler. A yeah, bit. I like the Traveler. Like, you know, we, we saw him in that one episode in season one. Yeah, and he was a cool character. And you know, you kind of got the it was implied then that oh, you know, this is. You know, Wesley is going to transcend all human form yeah. and all this shit. And, uh, it and kind Wesley of, even gets the weird effect. Yeah. I feel like this is why I don't like this episode, though. It's a return to form on Wesley being this fucking wunderkind. Yeah, it's like, special. he's been normal for a couple seasons. Do we really mm. need to go back to this? Now he's got the shining? Come on. Mm. Yeah, I know the Traveler was added last week <coughs> to, to like find a way out of the episode that wasn't, it was just a dream or mm. something like that. Well, and I know Will Wheaton has has tried to defend Wesley as much as possible because so much of it is people saying Wesley saves the day too often. But I think he actually nearly destroys the ship way more often than he saves it. That's true. And well, Wesley nearly destroys equal. the ship here like he does an awful fucking lot. 
No, no, he, he just nearly go. killed his mother. Yeah, he yeah he nearly kills his mother. Yeah, so the also ship pocket dimension fine. ship. Yeah, she created that, so technically she broke that ship. Hmm. She did make that ship. Okay, fair enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. Engineer um. Crusher. Well, it does explain the like why are there parts of the ship missing because her brain is like just dealing with that like uh, yeah and they bring up. they bring in the traveler and they're bas- they're basically trying to contact Bev with Ouija board. Mm. Yeah, like I said, there was definitely like, a... Uh, this is outside of mathematics and into weird mythical shit that the Traveler only knows exists. They did have a vague, uh, like I had said while we were watching it, poltergeist vibe. I don't even say vague. Like, that effect that they used for the Vortex is, like, exactly yeah. the effect that they used. Uh, the see, I haven't seen it in so long. It looks so, so similar. Yeah. Well, thank God there were no creepy coming to life I wanted, like I want to, like, <laughs> instead of the Traveler, it's like this little, little old lady oh, yeah. that shows up and she's like... Come towards the light. This house is clean. <laughs> oh, the guy in this... This is this is to do with the episode, actually. So Quace is awesome. Uh, I recognize him. He is in Home Alone. You know in Home Alone when Mom is trying desperately to get home and she's trying to trade, like, earrings and a fake Rolex and a ticket and $500 cash money to an old lady to get her, her and her husband's tickets back to Chicago or as close to Chicago as she can get? Well, the guy... The, the husband of the woman who is taking all of Mrs. McAllister's shit for her tickets is Quace. I remember oh. this guy, yeah. Come on, Maureen, they're boarding. She's got plenty of earrings and dangly ones. And that's basically, Ooh, that's his whole, ones. that's his whole... I have a feeling all of Home Alone is the same plot as this, and Kevin just created his own bubble. Kevin! bubble. Sorry. And that's why his parents no longer exist. I actually thought that, too. It's really funny that you said that. <laughs> I thought that. I was like, wow, so he must, they must have thought that he made a bubble, whatever. I, I thought the same thing when yeah. we were watching it. It's a shame there weren't, like... Creatures in the warp bubble that she had to fend off at some homemade traps. <laughs> or, like, at least a furnace. Oh, no, Beverly. The warp engine. Oh. The, like, the little door for the dilithium chamber could have flapped yes, over and closed. Yeah, yeah, she used a and it was around the same time. to make it hot. And it was around the same time, too, because this was, like, October yeah. of 1990-ish. Yeah. And uh, Home Alone, I would guess, came out somewhere in the holiday season of 90... I know it was 1990. Huh. I assume the holiday season because it's a Christmas movie. But I could be wrong about that. And if I am wrong about that, whoever did that was stupid. But anyway, yeah, I digress. Yeah, Bill Irwin is the actor's name. Yep. Oh, he was also in another John Candy film. Which one? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Holy oh. shit! Who was he in Planes, Trains? I don't know. I'm gonna look that up. Holy I shit! I guess people don't think. Oh Home no! Alone I know who John he was. Candy He's film. on the plane. He's on the plane with uh, with John Candy and um, Steve Martin. So I he's think. just always on planes. He's asleep or at airports. He's asleep. He falls asleep, like leaning up against. Like I think, I think that Steve Martin is between the old man and John Candy on the flight, and they're both mm. kind of just sleeping and leaning on him. Man, this dude had a prolific career. He was in. He has two hundred thirty-seven acting credits on his. Uh, Holy crap! Dude. Uh, oh, it's so funny. A lot of bull- a lot of bullshit. He was in. For example, he was in Chairman of the Board with. Uh, oh no! With Carrot Top. Yeah. Oh. I, I presume you know, he always being in a movie with Carrot Top probably used to be a good thing. I presume he always played basically the same role. At least uh, an way. old guy, at least an old doctor who disappears in a pocket universe. Discount yes, <laughs> exactly. Wilford Brimley. Yes, yes. I was wondering, like, how this guy is like Bev's hero and everything. Like, no mentor. Is, how is he your hero when McCoy is still alive? Mm. Well, because she actually interned into this guy or something. Yeah, McCoy probably hasn't practiced medicine in a while. That's true. He's, um, just, he's just having his mint juleps on some planet with uh, with. Natira. Did he ever really practice medicine? <laughs> Don't you badmouth bones. I'm not. I love, yeah, but his I medicine love bones, was but like... You're both monsters. Just because you're blind to... Listen, we would both have sex with McCoy, not even just for the street cred, but because we would enjoy it. We what if, love McCoy. What if we McCoy. Like broke an arm, we'd go to somebody else immediately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who, Bev? No, I'd go to the Talarians. They, know, they seem to know how to patch That's people true, up. That's true, yeah. <laughs> flocks. I would trust Flocks. Alright, so... Uh, Is Flocks still alive? What else about this? Nothing. Fantastic. We We haven't talked about this episode for like 20 minutes. They might live 200 years. 200, more than 200 years. Maybe. Yeah, it was was an interesting concept. uh, Yeah, it was a good concept. concept I I think it is. I think it's just that I don't really love Crusher, so I was kind of like, Yeah, it's interesting because like, this is probably the first and one of the few Crusher-centered episodes we get. Yeah. Um, I mean, and like, the only other real big Crusher episode that I can think of offhand is... Arguably the worst episode of Star Trek. Oh, God. Whoa. I don't know the title of that one. Uh, I know the one you mean. 
Yeah, or not. And she not... actually gave us a good range too, because she like seriously went full like Lady Macbeth out damn spot at some point. Like mm-hmm. I felt like she was really like yeah. getting a little cuckoo nuts, and I liked it. I thought it was a really like she was not phoning it in. I'm not yeah. saying that it was it wasn't Patrick Stewart levels of mental breakdown, but she was doing good work. Yeah, yeah. so I'll yeah. give that to her. Yeah, I thought it was good work she, she did. Showed some chops this time. Yeah, 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 for sure. I know that this plot they want to when we did um, Family last week, the one where Picard wrestles in the mud with his with his buddy with his bro. Originally, instead of having all family episodes, they really wanted to like somehow wedge in an actual sci-fi plot. Uh, and this was an option for a sci-fi plot to wedge in, and they realized, no, this is gonna, this is this is too big a plot to wedge into the Picard also having another plot plot. Mm. Let's come up with two smaller family so plots. plots. Yeah. But the thing is, too, though, is that this is still family centric ish because both of, both of these were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she thinks up the whole the whole pocket dimension because she's afraid of losing people, which is why she'd look at Wesley ever. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, for all that concern, like I said, when she popped out of the uh, vortex, <laughs> Wesley is crumpled to fuck <laughs> next to a console. Oh, she's traveler, like, are you okay? Yeah. Did you do this? Wesley's like, ah, my everything. No, he mm. caused this. That monster. Wesley. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> wow. All right. Well. Cool. All right, is that all we get for these? That's what I, I think, think it is. is. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, I'll just move on with the outro. Such so, a smooth segue, Jake. I like to segue. So next week, uh, <laughs> we continue with Family Matters on a Star to Seer by We're going to talk about two episodes. Legacy, in which another family-related episode, we meet a, a, a relative of one of our... Dearly departed. People. Um, Lore. Lore. We meet Laura's brother, Data. Whoa! <laughs> and then in... And they did do the switcheroo. Uh, you guys didn't even notice that I was in his math class and he was in my enterprise. <laughs> in Reunion, another family-related episode, and uh, we're going to deal again with some of Worf's Klingon legal troubles. Oh, fun. Um, he didn't file his taxes on yeah, time. Yeah, apparently. This commendation does not save you from your li- from your uh, liability to the state. Yeah. He um, didn't register his dog. Yeah. Let's get the rabies his, shot. His uh, targ. Yes. Oh. So, uh, so those will be coming up. Uh, some more family matters next week <laughs> on A Star to Steer Her By. Of course, you should like our podcast on Facebook. So just go to, go to there and find us. Star to Steer Her By. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr. Download the podcast. iTunes. Google Hangouts. Uh, play Google Play Google, Google Play Hangouts yeah. hang, is there hang, no Hangouts is a different thing Hangouts is the chat program do Google Wave us remember Google Wave I do not I know I didn't understand is that the thing that people do at sporting events no it was like it's hard to explain what it was it's kind of like Slack a little bit, I guess. I don't so, know what that is either, but go on. Well, the whatever. chat program. Sound anyway. Clown. There's like a mix between docs and chat and yeah. email. It, no one understood what to do with it, so it Yeah, died. that's basically what oh. it is. So it was sort of like a proto drive. No. Because drive is like that. You can have c- chats within your documents. Yeah, I guess it's sort of like that. Anyway. Okay. Go on. Point is, we're also there on Star Trek. Yes. And any other place you get an iTunes. And. Give us a rate and a review. Five or fewer stars. Or if they offer more stars, you can do that too. Conversely, one or more stars. One or greater Hack, of hack stars. your way in until you can allow for I more guilt, stars. I guilted people a few weeks ago on the show about this. Did anybody do it? I haven't checked. No. What? You know, give us more we should ratings. At least, if we're going to make people feel shitty, we should at least check. Is he still fucking... How long does it take you to cut your grass, you prick? Wow. Cutting what a, that. What a prick. Jake us out, quickly. All right. Well, uh, this has been Star to Steer Her By, and my name has been Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. And this is always Caitlin. I swear to God, I'm sabotaging that lawnmower. Yikes. Good night, Seattle. He's been at it for an hour and ten minutes. Eggs. (laughs) Eggs.